0: How am I going to get where I need to go? Who am I going to have to rely on? How am I going to find food, water? Where am I going to sleep? I don't even know what the next town is going to be because I've never been in this part of Kentucky. And so as you go into that, when you have just this giant cloud of uncertainty around you, it does help going back to what you said, knowing about how story based we are as creatures, that we've got to start constructing a core core story out of this uncertainty that's ahead of us, that's going to guide us.
1: Hey, it's Zach, and I'm back with another episode of Elevate and Accelerate. And in today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing a very special guest, Rob Greer. Rob is a husband, a father, he runs businesses and ultra marathons, in addition to being an avid rock climber. Having grown up in farming and mini ranching, Rob already had a working understanding of agricultural pest control, but he officially started his personal career in pest control sales in 2001 in order to fund his university studies. Rob found himself opening Rove Pest Control business with a couple of other business partners, Lenny Gray and McKay Bodily in Minnesota shortly after graduating from BYU. Rob guided the operational development of Rove Pest Control, taking them from one branch to five by focusing on team member personal development, public health awareness, and guiding the company service offerings to align with individual and community needs. So Rob is a subject matter expert. He's contributed to the Minnesota Department of Agriculture Certification Manual and Exam, uh, the National Pesticide Applicator Certification Corps Manual for the EPA, and the Quality Pro Customer Service Credential Task Force. He has also testified as a subject matter expert on behalf of his industry and in the Minnesota State Legislator and a state policy affairs representative. Rob serves as president of the Minnesota Pest Management Association Board. He also serves on the board of the charity nonprofit organization Fostering Love Project, which supports foster children and their families. He coaches girls high school cross country and also coaches people individually for running, career development, and business development. He also serves as a youth leader and mentor in conjunction with his church and community programs. And really, Rob is just an all around great guy. So I'm excited to introduce you to him today. Rob, thanks so much for joining me.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. It's been fun listening to the different people you put together, the stories that you're sharing, and just the goodwill that you're getting out into the community. This is a really cool endeavor.
1: Cool, man. Well, Rob, thanks a lot. Um, and I'm really excited uh, to get to know a little bit more. Obviously, uh, we've talked offline a few different times. And so I know a little bit of your story. But for our audience sake, why don't you share with them? You know, tell me a little bit about where you grew up and, and, uh, uh, and what that looked like for you in their, those early years.
0: Yeah, growing up was in small town, Idaho, a population of 900. We had more cows than people and (laughs) just not a lot of exposure to outside world. And, and that's what I thought life was all about. And it wasn't until I started getting into some different circles in college. I took a trip down to South America that my mind really started to open up to how many different types of people there were, how many different opportunities there were to influence. And just really started yeah, a whole different journey from what I thought I would be on to begin with. I thought I'd just stay in the family business and my kid would do the same and just so on and so on.
1: Yeah. And so that family business, then farming, mini ranching, is thats is that what that was? So
0: we had a truck parts business and then grandpa had a farm and we had, you know, 50 cows on there, a little patch of corn. We had um, hay, so I got to grow up bucking hay, throwing it up on a trailer. So I got a mix of everything in there.
1: Wow. That's crazy. Um, being a, a city guy, I mean, I grew up in a small town in Phillipsburg, New Jersey, um, industrial town. Um, but, uh, it was rural in some parts, but not in the parts that I am. And now in Philadelphia, obviously there's not a whole lot of exposure to that stuff. So it's always interesting to hear people who, you know, really grew up, Uh, on the farm. And and really, you know, like you said, bucking hay and, (laughs) uh, and stuff like that. But, um, but I imagine too, obviously, uh, in that it really does give you a whole different perspective of work ethic, right? I mean, we we hear that all the time, obviously, you wake up early, you work those hours, and it's just a part of, of lifestyle. um, In that would you would you say that that's true?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, It was just an expected and known part of life. And there wasn't this age cutoff where it's like, Oh, now you're suddenly this age. Now you should start working. It was, Oh, you can move. Yeah. Pick up this rock, throw it in the bucket, get it out of the way. So it's not going to mess up the plow or, you know, you got to move the lines because the water's got to get everywhere and the chickens aren't going to feed themselves. And if they all jump on you and tackle you to the ground when you're four, well, you're just going to grow tougher. Oh
1: man, that's so wild. So, um, okay. So uh, you, Having been exposed to a whole different world, having traveled to South America and different things through university and everything, obviously, um, sent you set you on a very different path than you know just taking over the family business. So tell me a little bit about you know what some of that transformational process was for you.
0: Yeah, I think some of the most eye-opening elements for me were just the different beliefs that people had, and how even the ones that. You know, down in Chile, there's one called the Boca Chueca, um, the twisted mouth, basically, or crooked mouth. Um, they believed that if you went outside in the cold and you had your mouth open, then your face would freeze in this like twisted mouth contortion thing. And when you talk to people about it, they would all laugh about it and joke about it, you know, making fun of themselves, basically. And it was a fun just inside joke but everybody still covered their mouth when they walked outside. And I think that was the first point where I thought, man, even the silliest beliefs that we have or the most basic things that we hear can really influence us. And I, I started, I knew I wanted to go into business, but I really got drawn towards psychology classes when I was in college. And I pretty much got a minor in psychology just because those were my entertaining ones. And I've just really always been intrigued by how people work, how their minds work, how we influence each other, even when we don't mean to. And it's just become a larger and larger fascination for me.
1: That's really cool. Yeah, I've um, been getting more and more into just this idea of mindset, right? And, And I talk a lot about story because of how much it aligns with personal branding and how you share your story and tell your story and things like that. But but the other part of that, too, is how, you know, these stories that we tell ourselves that other people tell us either about ourselves or about the environment around us influence us so much, just like you're talking about. And, and whether we realize it or not, have an impact on how we do life, um, how we believe that and what we believe we can achieve. Um, you know, in life and business and stuff like that. And, you know, you've achieved some really amazing things, um, you know, even in a fitness perspective. So um, talk, uh, talk with us a little bit about, you know, your mindset and, and what goes into uh, doing ultra marathons or you ran across the state of Tennessee, uh, which I think is like 315 miles and came in fifth place. Um, so tell me a little bit about just kind of the preparation and the mindset that goes that goes into doing something like that.
0: Yeah. I've done the Tennessee thing twice. Uh, yeah, it was 314 miles going across one way. And then the other one was a cool twist on it. We didn't know the starting line. We just knew the finish line. So we all met there and they drove us 326 miles away in Kentucky this time and dropped us off and said, go. And so then it was (laughs) this process of figuring out how am I going to get where I need to go? Who am I going to have to rely on? How am I going to find food, water? Where am I going to sleep? I don't even know what the next town is going to be because I've never been in this part of Kentucky. And so as you go into that, when you have just this giant cloud of uncertainty around you, it does help going back to what you said, knowing about how story based we are as creatures that we've got to start constructing a a core story out of this uncertainty that's ahead of us, that's going to guide us. And so in those situations, it's pretty much a situation where I've got to pick out what's my biggest stressor. What's the number one problem that's really weighing on my mind. And then what system or process can I put in place so that this becomes solved? I can bucket it somewhere, it goes away. And then I can start on the other strand, which you know, maybe the first one is gonna be water. Where's my first water stop? Okay, cool, it's Mm -hmm. gonna be in this town, 10 miles away, I can make it. And then the next thing is, where am I going to eat? And, you know, find the dollar general along the way. And we solve that. And you just start creating these little strands. And then you can start weaving them into the story of how, you know, these stressors can then be motivators, it can be an enhancing experience that drives you towards then developing a, a positive mindset, one that's going to grow and progress forward. And you just look for those missing pieces when things seem a little stressful. I think a really cool highlight element is, you know, in the last one that I did, I came across a guy who was sitting on the hand or like the guardrail on the side of the road. Uh, it was three, four in the morning and his head was down. I knew he was in rough shape and I asked him how it was going. He's like, ah, I phoned in. I'm just waiting for the quitter van to come pick me up. Like I'm done. I can't, I can't right. move. And I said, Hey, man, I just happened to be two miles from a place where I rented an Airbnb, come with me. There's six beds, so I'm not gonna use all of them, hop in, grab one, and see how that changes your story. And so he texted him and said, "Never mind. I think I can continue joined me went in there. And then he went on to beat me. (laughs) He kicked my butt (laughs) to finish the race and he was gonna quit. So You know, sometimes we just got to find where to connect that stressor or that uncertainty element into the story. And then it changes our course.
1: That's a really cool story Um, for so many different reasons. I mean, my mind's racing, but like what a what an amazing uh, perspective into different aspects of all of our lives. Right. Like we've all come to a place in our life where we felt like we can't go any further. And, and a lot of times, like it's our minds and the stories that we're telling ourselves that get in that way, but then being in the right room with the right people, in this case, on the side of the road with the right person, which happened to be you um, who just gives us that, that extra motivator, right. To realize that like, we're really not in this alone. Like, you know, the same thing's true in the entrepreneurial journey right it's like we we think and so often feel like we are on the own it's it's up to us to to run the business it's up to us to to grow the business to get the leads to do the sales to do all those things and in many cases when you're really first starting out that's true and so it feels like you you get to a point where you're on the side of the road you're sitting on the guardrail and just wondering like how am i even going to go the next day um and and to me that lesson learned in that moment is like it's like surrounding yourself with the right people um, and being open to opportunities that that come your way where someone says, hey, all you got to do is take one more step and then let's see what tomorrow brings. Right. And and that's really the um, that really might be all it takes to have your next big breakthrough uh, is just. That one, that one little piece of someone saying, you can do it, or let's just see what tomorrow brings and take one step further. Oh, you're
0: exactly right. And you never know where it's gonna come from, like you said, you know who's gonna provide that. Oftentimes, especially when we're in that startup mode or really confined on what resources we have access to, it goes right back to what you said about staying open because our vision is super limited, but, you stumble across somebody that's coming from a totally different angle that you wouldn't expect, like you and I connecting a couple of weeks ago. I, I wouldn't have guessed that a month or mm-hmm. two months ago and the insights that you've been able to provide me, and I've actually been able to pass along to a few other businesses in nearby States that were struggling with problems that, um, you were able to help with like super random channels that that help is arriving mm-hmm. and opening up perspectives where people just have too much stress or, you know, it's, it's focused wrong and they can't open their mind up enough to get there without that help.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, as we're, as we're kind of talking about this and, and, you know, even just how that can make a greater impact in, in having the right team and the right people around you and stuff like that. Um, you know, you've been able to, even on, on a business side with your pest control company and things like really be able to, to take that to another level um, where you've gone from, you know, one location to five, it sounded like, um, you know, from, from that intro and everything, but, but there's a whole lot more to that, right? Like you um, you're very clearly a subject matter expert, the state of Minnesota, you know, has put their stamp of approval on that. You've, you know, contributed, you know, federally to, uh, to a lot of this stuff in in your space. And so um, kind of talk to me a little bit more about, you know, your journey in um, going to that level um, of of just wanting to understand more and, and how that has given you a different perspective, even within your business and what you do to help people now in, in that regard.
0: Yeah. Um, I think really looking back at how a lot of those connections started, it was just, the beginnings of a local association, and it was a handful of pest control companies that wanted to get together and make sure that we were on the same page as far as legislation and watching it and having our interactions and support for the Department of Agriculture be one of a positive relationship rather than the typical, you know, scowling at Big Brother who's creating the laws that are making our life difficult. And At the time, that was a really tough decision to make. And it actually was a quarterly meeting topic where I talked to my business partners and say, Hey, do I want to get involved with this? It's going to be this time commitment. And there's no direct benefit from us that I can foresee other than just supporting everybody that has some of these connections and through that, that's how I made connections with the department of agriculture i made connections with the university of minnesota and it really came out of that pool of people who just sincerely wanted to benefit the industry and businesses around them that some of those other organizations reached out and then not only do you have that opportunity but i'm able to learn from it and i can see okay this Democratic representative sees things from this perspective for this reason, and the Republican guy is looking at it from this angle, and then you know, I go and I meet with the gal from the Department of Ag, and they're looking at it from just kind of a judicial standpoint, and there's all these different perspectives. How can we get everybody to find a good solution that's going to move everything forward in a positive direction? And those lessons that I learned can apply to the big issues that we're dealing with, as well as just realizing that those perspectives differ with people on my team. Like there was uh, a sales rep that was just horrible to other people's customers. If they got in touch with them, they only cared about selling their own stuff. And then, you know, their team leader was ready to just boot them because they were such a bad apple and, and so rough to deal with. But when I got in and started talking to them, then, you know, one of the questions I asked was, how do you see yourself fitting into the team? What is your role? And they say, well, I'm a helper. Like, I I just wanna help everybody out. And just the irony of that was, you know, (laughs) you're working against what you see as your main mission here. And so it just took a little bit of retooling and guiding, but I think that work with different sides of the aisle in the democratic process really helped me to see that that can occur within an individual as well. And that rep went from being the squeaky wheel and thorn in the manager's side to the top performer and most valued employee at this point, which is really cool to see.
1: Hmm. That is really cool. And, and that's, you know, I think another Testament, you know, obviously one to your, to your leadership, um, but to this, the idea behind all of this, where um, we're all a part of a bigger picture and, you know, with our agency and what we do um, with you and what you do and, and, and really anybody who has, I believe, um, a good heart. Is they take their skill set and the things that they're good at, whether that's pest control or personal branding or financial advising or whatever it is, and they use those skills to to really make a difference in the lives of other people. Um, and when you bring together uh, people who are like minded in that way, it just has such a huge impact in in our communities, like you said. And it's like you know, the, the inspiration that you give to me, or maybe somebody that's listening today and, and they realize, Oh man, I've got a squeaky wheel employee too. Maybe if I just take a minute to talk to them and figure out what's going on, they might turn out to be the best producer rather than just firing them and and continuing on with the cycle. And, you know, it's like when we all take this time to realize that like, you know, Genuinely, I think most people want to be in this together. They really do want to help other people. Um, and a lot of times they're they're stuck on the side of the road, ready to quit because they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel, right? They don't have an Airbnb with six beds waiting for them. <laughs> um, so I would love to hear a little bit more too, just kind of from your perspective uh, in how when you started this business and and got into pest control like that's you know that's kind of something that that you got into something you understood and now obviously that you're passionate about but um as we're talking about serving people and helping people i know that that's a big part of really what you do and and why you do it albeit in in this little chasm for business but also in you know the rest of your life you you coach basketball, you know, and, uh, you mentor people through your church and the community and stuff like that. So obviously you want to give back. Um, talk to me a little bit kind of about your mission. I mean, what, what, what gets you up in the morning? Uh, what really excites you about, you know, what you do with the pest control stuff, but also, you know, just in your, in your day to day.
0: Yeah. The thing that gets me up and gets me rolling is, just solving puzzles. I know there's going to be some kind of puzzle that I can solve today. And that's a big part of my recreation as well as my, you know, service or work endeavors. Um, When I'm sitting during my lunch break, I'm putting a puzzle together and that's how my brain relaxes and feels like I'm accomplishing something. When I'm rock climbing, that's the solving of the puzzle element. Like how do I make my body work with this rock wall and, and be able to get past it. And that has really been the transformational journey for me at work where when I started with pest control, um, growing up in the small town farmer mentality, everything is about, um, duct tape and baling twine. It's ticks, it's tips and tricks, right? Like how do you make this do this? How do you manipulate this element to make it do what you want? And it's all about shortcuts and that type of stuff and when i started pest control you know especially this big branch out here in minnesota that i got rolling i was all about the tips and tricks and i just wanted to shortcut my way to everything and i was cool with sharing my tips with people but as i got a little bit farther in that journey i had a few other interactions outside that helped highlight for me that there's an authentic solution underneath all of this that can be found. And it it's more complex. You gotta ignore all the duct tape and baling twine that's sitting around you calling to be used and dig a little bit deeper, and you can really construct really magnificent puzzles that are just astronomically impressive um, mm-hmm. by paying attention and slowing down and finding these. And some of these, like you know, there was a a set of homeowners that were dealing with these flies and they were out in Michigan and it was just killing them. Like they, they were super frustrated. They were super mad. The flies weren't going away. Um, all the fly treatment in the world wasn't solving it. And I went out there and had a conversation with them, when I was able to find out that, you know, as soon as I saw the fly, the story started to come together in my head because it's a flesh eating fly. So there's a corpse somewhere involved. So Mm -hmm. I dig a little bit deeper and sure enough, they had another company come trap a woodpecker and have it removed a while ago. But that company just did the quick trapping and didn't find out that it was a nest inside their wall. So then that whole nest had no one to take care of them that brought in the flies and and that whole situation Mm -hmm. went like that, or you go into other situations where Somebody's dealing with cockroaches crawling all over their kids' toys. They're super frustrated. And you know, the technician or company they've been dealing with is telling them, Hey, you got to clean up and you got to clean. And so this person from their culture, they know what clean is. And so they're cleaning according to their culture and they're picking things up and organizing them and stacking them correctly. But the technician's advice meant pull out your refrigerator, degrease this area. And it's just a total disconnect. And so finding those different pieces and helping people connect them together and give them something that is a pain spot or some big element of frustration and putting some kind of system or process in place that can turn that into a source of beauty or connection or just you know some treasured element, that's what's really fun and that's what's really cool to see. And Hmm. it works across the board. And I feel like lessons I learn coaching the cross country girls and helping a gal figure out this, you know, her senior year run at state is not her turn. And she needs to turn it over to someone else and how that's going to benefit both of them. They just all feed into each other. And I feel like the more puzzles I solve, the more opportunity I have to solve bigger and badder puzzles.
1: Hmm. That's great. Um, And isn't isn't that the life of the entrepreneur, right, is just uh, finding these problems that need solving and then continuing to do that over and over and over again. yeah, it's a couple of things that you said that I found really interesting, too, especially for our listeners, right, where most of the people that I think, you know, tune into this podcast and stuff are, you know, they're, they're entrepreneurs, they've been running a business for a while, they're trying to, you know, just hear some new things and, and maybe come up with some ways that they could implement into their business and to change things. And I think one of the things that I hear consistently, but also that people are wondering too, is like, it's like, how do you, how do you communicate to your, prospect that, that working with you is different than working with some of these other companies. Right. And, and I think that's one of the, one of the key elements that you brought up. It's like, they brought in a different type of pest control company. Um, and they did a hackney job that, you know, left, uh, left stuff inside that, that created another problem. Right. And, and I have conversations with people like that all the time where like they hired a, a marketing agency or a digital agency or something that promised them leads and all these other things. And a year down the road, they're, you know, tens of thousands of dollars uh, with, you know, in the hole because they didn't get the type of results that they thought they were going to get. Right. And and, um, and it's just this uh, it's just this ongoing pattern. And, and I'd be interested to hear, you know, kind of your thoughts on. Um, you know, ways in which you've been able to communicate to your audience um, how and why you guys go the extra mile um, or take the extra step to to be able to do that?
0: Yeah, I think that it really comes down to being able to create your story that you can tell really succinctly. And it's amazing. You know, we started a little bit ago on this talking about how story is part of our nature, and it's just built into us. But we're not very good storytellers when we try to create it. Uh, When we just naturally do it and let it come out, it's wonderful. But we have this weird thing where suddenly if I want to tell somebody about the Rocky movie, then I say, yeah, it's about a boxer. I I sure want to go see that, right? Like, It's it's so summarized. (laughs) And we tend to do this in business. I struggle with a lot of business books because They take stories and they turn them into bullet points. And then somebody reads those bullet points. And when somebody says, Hey, tell them why you're different. Like, oh, well we customize it and we're going to do a good job and we're not going to shortcut something like those are the bullet points that I want you to get. That doesn't stick. Like nobody understands that, but if you can share these small stories and a story can be less than a sentence, it can be really quick and succinct, but. If you can help somebody understand how you're going to solve the puzzle for them and how you're committed to finding that underlying solution or hard piece to find, or how you can show them that, you know, oh, in a situation just like this, you know, one of our customers really loved how we had this empathetic approach and we were able to connect with them and find this that everybody else missed. Well, you just shared that bullet point in the same amount of time and space. Mm but it has an authentic feel and it's very sticky. It's easy for them Mm -hmm. to remember. And, you know, tying this into, we don't know who we're going to touch. Maybe I'm trying to sell Jane on this widget that I've developed and I'm telling her the story of it. And the story resonates enough with her that it sticks. She may not be the one to buy it, but when she talks to her neighbor or her cousin, she Mm -hmm. sees the connection and she goes, Oh yeah, I remember this one thing, but, there's no way she'd remember the bullet point version. So Mm. I think we really have to practice with those and just say, what's the story behind this? What are the pieces that carry that emotion along with the logic and let it resonate with people so that it can fall into place wherever it goes? Otherwise, we're, you know, like my son, he's He's eight and he loves to do puzzles, but he finds one that he thinks should fit. And he just keeps pressing until it <laughs> morphs and is damaged. And yeah, I got it together. That's right, Dad, right? No,
1: that's not. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, my my oldest is six and a half um, right now. But uh, but yeah, no, that's uh, very similar in, in putting together the puzzle pieces of just sort of, you know, trying to jam them in there and make them fit. Um, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for anybody. Um, and I think that's
0: cool. Like your experience watching your son do that, the guidance that you give them, it's very much like the guidance that you're giving to your listeners of this podcast where they're very early in this development stage. They're trying to figure out how to elevate their brand or accelerate their momentum. And you can kind of guide them and say, yeah, you're close. You've got the right pieces, but let's let's make sure we have the whole picture together, put all this together in the right order, and then that's going to be what opens up the doors and gets them where they want to go.
1: Absolutely, and, and like you said, story is such a huge part of that, um, you know, as you were talking about too, and there's there's three different stories that, that I always talk about too, and it's like, it's your story, right, your core story, which is the why behind what you do and, and, um, and how you do it, And then, uh, you've got your prospect story and then you have your client story and, and the differences between those are, are paramount because, uh, if you think about it from the perspective of your prospect, they're, they're living in tension still. Like they have a problem that they don't yet have a solution to. And so they're looking for somebody that they can know, like, and trust, which, you know, everybody talks about that. It's, it's basically understood now that that's how it works. Right. Um, and so, where you meet them in their story is important. And a lot of times, um, you know, and, and as you're talking about as well, we're in, the, we're in the business of relationships. Like that is what we are doing. We are, we are building and maintaining relationships with prospects who then become clients um, or even ones who don't, but our ability to be able to connect with them and to build trust with them and to empathize with them um, and to provide value to them is is all the key elements to uh, to helping us grow and, and build a business, <clears throat> but also make a difference in their lives and, and provide them with the solution that they're looking for. Um, and and story is, as you said, the most powerful way to be able to do that. From our ability to remember, from our ability to connect, like there's <clears throat> there's so much science out there. Um, I, I'm writing. Uh, I wrote a chapter on the science of story. So of how like when you tell a good story and somebody is listening to it and they're they're getting involved in it, whether it's true or false, it actually changes the brainwaves. <laughs> and, and a lot of times if it's someone like me who's telling the story or you, the person listening to it, your brainwaves become in sync. Um, and so now you've got a, a different connection point. Um, and then memory and then all these other things that factor into it, oxytocin and all the different stuff that help us build trust. It's just fascinating how powerful story really is and, and your ability as a business owner to be able to leverage that really is a game changer in your marketing, your branding and, and everything else.
0: I think that's really cool. I love the synchronization element of it and how if you watch two people walk, just the story of the Mm -hmm. legs start to sync up and that'll affect Mm -hmm. the brain and how receptive they are to the message being delivered. And uh, and some of those studies are super cool where they're having people listen to a story and then the people are so in sync with that presenter or speaker that they're ahead of them and able to deliver the next lines kind of like our, you know, AI pieces are doing for us now, it's (laughs) they're able to take that next leap. But I'm a huge fan of that separation between prospect story and client story. I feel like so many businesses are missing out on huge opportunities because they're so focused on just getting the prospect story right, that then once they turn into a client, they're right back to looking for the next prospect, but they don't have The rest of that Mm. story developed for their client that's going to make them stick around long term and help expand that Um, one Mm -hmm. way that we've seen that really help us out is, you know, I I think of one guy who had just the worst mosquito situation Uh, when I went out to look at it, you know, most people have a tray of treats or drinks or whatever for you when they're going out in the deck. He had a tray of mosquito repellents and he's like, pick your poison. I double and triple up. <laughs> it, it's going to get rough. And I went out there without any, cause I just wanted to see how bad it was. And my white shirt just turned black with mosquitoes within seconds. Wow. Like they were just thick. So that was his pain point. Like you were referencing was I can't even use my deck. And so we mm-hmm. put a mosquito system in place and within a couple of weeks he's having Parties on his deck, he's having neighbors over and that that situation is solved. The pain point is gone. And so then we talked to him about, well, now we need to transition into the long-term maintenance so that things don't shift back. Like, how are we going to control this and keep it going? And then when we got that in place, his next story that really helped was meeting with him and talking to him about how beneficial that was. And then talking about the threat that mosquitoes are and the diseases they carry. And talking about public health. And then suddenly he's looping in all his neighbors, like, Hey, we all need to be in this together. And so that one contact turned into 20, um, Hmm. all because of having that series of stories that guide people through a process. And you're not just short circuiting yourself and starting back over with the same story every single time.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, because, like you're saying too, uh, most businesses can fall into the transactional trap, right? Where it's like, once I get them into the fold, then I don't have to worry about them anymore. Right. There's, it's like, okay, this is, it's like, I spend all my time, energy and effort over here, but then, but then once they're on, it's kind of like, Oh, I can sort of like, let go. Um, when the reality is, is like, that's, that's the beginning. That's the beginning of a long-term relationship that can turn into so much more, as you just mentioned. Um, <clears throat> and that's where I believe um, there's the difference between that initial personal brand of like credibility and, and, you know, some of the media or like different things that get someone to say, oh, okay, this is the company that I'm going to work with. It's like that next level of like authority um, where you can come in and have a conversation about you know the the public health um, issues with that about you know how this could affect the community about how it is affecting the community and about you know and, and so so if now it becomes a whole lot more than just oh they helped me solve my mosquito problem it's like oh wait a minute this is a whole lot bigger than me just having a couple of bugs in my backyard Um, this is like all of us together now in this community should be focusing on how we can alleviate this for all of our families and for our kids and for, you know, whoever else. And that's, you know, that's what creates, you know, the community, right? Your, your inspired audience, uh, the network of people who are, uh, your brand ambassadors, right. And that's really what people
0: love to be connected to a higher purpose. And if that can link in team members, Clients that you've developed and are developing into next level customers, like just, yeah, so much value in that to be able to capture that vision and share it and have it gain its own momentum.
1: I think that's a great piece of advice for our listeners here. And as we kind of move into that next part of that, it's like, if you do not, your, your brand is your story. So, you know, I've talked about this before on this podcast, it's like, your brand is your story. And so branding is storytelling. And a great brand is a story that others share for you. And so people are going to share your story, their own experience of, you know, of you, of your business or whatever it is, they're going to share that. So in your ability to be able to articulate your mission your vision your purpose like your core story the prospect story so that you empathize and understand your client story like you just shared with us like in in a company's ability to be able to tell those stories and to tell them well in all the different places of their interactions that they have with prospects and clients then gives them something to talk about too. Now they don't have to make it up. They're sharing your brand because you told them what your mission was. Hey, my pest control company is not just out here to, to solve our bug and, and pest issue. Um, they're also out here, you know, educating the public on on health issues. They're out here, you know, making a difference in the community through this thing and through that thing and through coaching. And, you know, it's like all this other stuff that now they're sharing that with their friends and family members and that story gets spread. You know to a larger audience um and and people like you said earlier they can remember and share stories better than they can remember and share facts um and so that's that really is integral so um as we kind of wrap up our interview um here today and and again thanks so much for the wisdom that that you've been bringing to this um, I would love to know a little bit more from your perspective um, and for our audience since you know this is a podcast about elevating your brand and, and telling those stories like how how have you seen your personal brand really make an impact and a difference in your business and, and how that's been able to grow?
0: Really, I think it comes down to the personal connection element and having it be more than just, a person in a position in a company where I have stories that people can share. And there's a handful of them that are just the core stories and they relate to the four points of our mission statement. And as one team member is struggling in one area, another one can share that story with them. And as they do that, these stories start to evolve and start to become their own. And that's really what drives an organization is when there's some element of evolving, but shared story in there. And that that's really the struggle, I think, for a lot of businesses is just how do you take this one person of influence? I can have my brand. I can have my story. But if I can't connect other people into it, it's not authentic. It's not something that can help drive the culture of the company. It's not something that can drive that customer vision and and the larger referral share that we're going for that you mentioned. And so it really is finding that story and helping others connect to it and then helping them develop their story in conjunction with yours. And that's what's gonna Mm -hmm. make those team members be loyal and driven and have that intrinsic motivation that will really show as they go out and are on the front lines and interacting with customers and connecting with them
1: that's a really interesting angle and i I love that so um kind of tell me a little bit more than um because it's curious to me and i think a lot of times myself included we talk about our story as as the the face of the business as being the brand and everything like that Um, but rarely come at it from the angle of how that affects and how you can bring in your team members to be a part of that story as well, which is obviously, I I know from our conversation, something that you've done really well in your company. So, so can you kind of dive in a little bit deeper into that sort of team building and, and how you would get your team aligned with your story and your mission as it relates to the overall direction of the company?
0: Sure. For me, you've got those core values and a lot of times when we're hiring, that's what we're looking for is who shares these core values that align with the business. And I think we can go back to a story we've already talked about, you know, a lot of my brand and that we've been discussing is just the authentic outreach and wanting to solve problems and help other people. And when we go to that uh, team member that was struggling, and was the thorn in the side and, and all those issues. It was conversation and questions about what's your story. What do you value? And then when I was able to find that piece of why I'm here to help people, well, that connects, that's part of my story. And so that conversation centered around that. And we talked about how that is their story and how they are uh, a server and they build people up and there was a lot of pride in that moment. And in that moment, their story aligned with mine. And now they have this service and helping piece that was already naturally there, but it just needed woven in. And now Mm. that's what's not only led to them helping team members, but the way they approach customers is totally different too. They're not looking to just sell them the right package and get the right incentives. They actually get excited and get their jollies when they hear a customer get excited about the plan that's coming out and they'll follow up and say, Hey, how did it go? And they hear that things are better and they're improving and, and it reinforces their story of I'm a helper, I'm a server, I'm, I'm building this. And it takes time. I, I think you have to be patient and you have to wait sometimes. And, and a lot of it takes just reinforcement, like, well, Let's keep talking about this until something resonates, and let's take different angles and and figure out how we're going to come together. But once we do, magic starts to happen.
1: That's so cool because I know I know firsthand um, in dealing with employees and and working with teams and things like that that like there are those people who really just want to come in and punch the clock. Right. And so we've, we have this preconceived notion that like they're just not interested. They are only here just to punch the clock. They're going to give the bare minimum, but, but really what ends up happening is if you dive into that a little bit deeper, it's, it's a part of their story, right? Like they don't feel motivated. They don't feel like they're contributing. They don't feel like they're a part of the brand and all these different things. And that's why they're just coming in and punching a clock. But um, i I, I really appreciate your insight on that because really in our abilities to be in our ability as the entrepreneur or business owner or leader within the company to align our teams with that brand, like with, with your brand as the leader, with the personal brand, but with the overall brand of the company, which really is the values, um, and services that you provide, really changes the conversation for your employees too. Like now you've got a, not only just an inspired audience, which we talk about as our customers and our client and our prospect base, but now you're creating that within the culture of the company as well, which I bet is, um, it, it's just a new angle, I think for, at least for me. And now my, my brain is kind of spinning around that. So so thanks for bringing that up.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Thanks for inspiring yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, so I want to, I want to kind of even go a little bit further into that if, if you've got the time for it too. Um, because I think this is a, is a cool angle for our audience here that, um, that I think, you know, I really want to, uh, to dive in deeper with is, and that is, um, in your ability to be able to lead teams and to do development with your team members. Um, when you are hiring and firing, how much does, how much does that play into and how much does the brand and the core values and stuff play into, um, how you make those assessments and, and how you work with your team members?
0: It's foundational. It is something where I've got to find some connection with somebody. Um, I don't really feel like when you're interviewing someone, I mean, the relationship that I've had with some of these individuals, I've got a gal on my team who has been with me since 2007. There's no way that I could have fully sussed out what our relationship could be in 10 minutes or an hour, or even if I wanted to have a four step hour long interview process each time, it's just not enough of a dating process to really know how it's going to shake out. And so, all I'm really doing when I'm interviewing people is I have, you know, some of the frontline elements that, that have to weed out certain qualifications for certain positions that are just checkbox yes or no. But after that, all I'm looking for is do we share a common value point on one of our core values that I can build off of? And I'm not going to expect to find all four in that person, especially in the limited time that we have in that interaction. I just need that one. And if they've got that and they're willing to work in the parameters that we're able to establish and it makes sense for them, then we're going to try and build that and weave our story together. Um, If I don't, then it's usually just a conversation of, Hey, I don't think this is the best fit for you. I think you should be looking more in this other area. and. Just yesterday, I ran into uh, somebody at the association meeting who we turned away, and he came up and excitedly greeted me. And, you know, usually you would think delivering that bad news is going to make you the bad guy, but he told me his story about how, you know, our conversation was helpful and he redirected and he ended up in a different part of our industry that fit him a lot better. And Mm. we're actually doing business now just in different angles how we didn't expect and those kind of things really help just accelerate that process of getting someone where they need to go because if you can start that alignment out early even just from the interview then that can carry into the training and then that can carry into their first experiences and you're building on a foundation that's your core principles.
1: Yeah cuz I, I know like firsthand in in talking with clients um, how you know when when you are when you are the the person who delivers the good or service for your company right and and you're in charge of sales and a lot of times doing the marketing and you know or maybe have a small team you know as they're building and growing and stuff it's like handing that over to somebody else who who doesn't share the same passion or maybe doesn't share in your vision or whatever it is, is really scary. And so um, in our abilities to to not only know our story and our mission and our vision, and then to be able to articulate it, but to be able to um, help develop other people by taking their story and then, and then showing how it's a part of this greater story that they're a part of in this company, um, I, I can, I can see how that can have exponential results um, as a business owner who then builds more trust with their, with their team members, where they can then step away from having to work so much in their business so that they can focus more on working on their business and doing what they really do best. Um, and And that all comes back to, in my mind, their ability to be able to share their vision and their story in a way that's succinct and powerful, but also in a way that understands their team member's story and how that all aligns together. And that sounds like exactly what you're saying.
0: Yeah, and it's so much easier. I love that element of trust that you threw in there because somebody who is telling their own story, if my team members are telling their story, it's way easier for them to trust that than for them to tell my story and believe that that's what's really gonna happen. And then that's so contagious to the customers, they can feel the authenticity in that story, and they're able to trust that individual. And that story passes along to them as well. And, and like you Mm -hmm. said, that's the key. That's what we need to be able to do is once that story becomes the story of the team, then you just have to keep checking on it and making sure it's okay, rather than having to be really integrated and driving that story all of the time. It's just those initial sparks that ignite everything that you need it to become.
1: That's great. Um, All right, Rob. Well, uh, I really appreciate your time. I've got one more question for you that, that I ask everybody that comes on the show and you've already dropped uh, a great amount of knowledge and wisdom um, for us today. But um, if you were to summarize it here in, you know, a piece of advice that you could leave our listeners with uh, what would that be?
0: I would say when you're, Tempted to look for the tip or the trick or when you're wanting to change a system or someone rather than trying to do that. Switch your focus to just connecting with that individual or the individuals involved, or if you're not sure where you need inspiration to come from authentic connections to people who happen to be around you at the time. And those are the things that are going to guide you towards the solution naturally and allow those pieces to arrange themselves and come into place to where that story is going to solve the issue that you need rather than trying to force a fix onto something.
1: I love that. And, and I think you shared that very clearly um, in this process about how taking that extra step, Um, and really looking, you know, deeper into that level, um, goes a whole lot more than just a satisfied company, uh, customer, but, um, but really just gets to, uh, to make a difference and an impact in, in many different ways that you might not even see, uh, by being able to do that. So. Um, well, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, thanks for, for jumping on with us for, uh, for sharing your, your knowledge, your information, your wisdom. Um, and, and I hope uh, that, um, that somebody listening today, you know, took a piece of this, you know, of how story can help you build great teams of how story can help you achieve next levels of success, right? And how um, you might be that person who's sitting on the side of the road, you know, facing what you feel like is failure, or you might be the person walking by somebody else. And so in our ability to be able to connect with others and to, and to bring our stories together with the mission of, of making a difference in, in the lives of the people that we interact with uh, is really what this is all about. And, and I think you've really showed uh, how you've been doing that, you know, for your clients and for, uh, for the people that you work with as well.
0: Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and chatting with you. And I love what you're doing with this podcast. I think it's got just some amazing content and if people take it and really break it down and apply it, all these pieces are going to benefit them. And I think there are things that we can go back to over and over again and find deeper meaning in them as we practice them and get them into place.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Rob. And uh, thanks to all of you for listening. Um, As always, if you found this helpful, uh, please uh, like, subscribe, um, and share it with friends and anybody else you think might be able to uh, find some value from our conversation today uh, or anything else that you might find around personal branding and business development and mindset. Uh, So until next time, cheers.